You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. 1 Thessalonians 2, and we're going to be talking about the Word of God tonight. We really preached a lot about the Word on uh, this past Sunday as well. So the Lord just had this ordered a special way to have a emphasis on the importance of the Word of God, God's Word at work. Uh, remember last week we were talking about these Christians being, you know, the, the comparison of being born again. If you're, Jesus compares the Christian life to being born again. When you come to faith in Christ, being born again, <laughs> comes the barbecue. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, uh, but, but, but seeing the importance of the Word of God, and really one of the things of the background here at the Church of Thessalonians, as with many of the Christians in this time, uh, one of the things that we often don't realize as Christians is that uh, how unusual it is for us to enjoy, uh, you know, the last couple hundred years that we've enjoyed as Christians. That in the history of Christianity, the, the, the liberty and the freedom the safety and the protection that we've had in our blessed, God-blessed country has really been a real reprieve from what Christianity has been throughout the ages. Most Christians have lived under persecution and difficult times, and the Thessalonians are no different. And so some of the instruction related to 1 Thessalonians also deals with the way they're going to handle um, persecution and so forth, but, but there's the, the stress and the importance of the Word of God, and let's just get right to that in chapter 2 and just one verse to begin with tonight, where he says this, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. And so this church had been founded on the Word of God. And I, I dare say that if you're a Christian tonight, your faith is, is built on the Word of God, is it not? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If, if you didn't, you had to hear the Word of God in order to be saved. The Word of God working with the Spirit of God is how we come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, the power of the Word of God cannot be overestimated. And, I, and I'm going to try to say some great things about the Word of God tonight, but you just can't overemphasize the power of the Word of God. Now, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's the Word that again brought salvation to these Thessalonians. But it is that same power from the Word of God that will also help them endure. The same power that brings us to salvation enables us to live for Christ and endure suffering for His sake. Um, how many of you know the Word of God is powerful? I mean, it changes your life, doesn't it? Uh, and we're going to see that in a minute. I would not be who I am today. Number one, I wouldn't be saved without the Word of God. Number two, the work that God has done in my life has truly been through the Word of God and the work of the Spirit of God. And now that takes place through preachers and teachers and fellow brothers and sisters, but the emphasis and the importance of the Word of God. I remember years ago, it kind of dawned on me. I started thinking about, Connor, way back when God was about to create the heavens and the earth, how that the Bible said God spoke. 
God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God began to speak this world and this universe into existence. And I thought, wow, those words are pretty powerful. And you know what? We have the words of God right here in the, in the Bible. That's, the word of God is powerful. And so uh, we'll just notice a few of the attitudes that these Thessalonians had toward the word of God. Remember this, that one of the big contexts that we talk about, the, the, the big picture of the book of 1 Thessalonians is there's a lot of emphasis on the return of the Lord. So some of the key things that we're going to need in the last days uh, we talk about the church, we talk, talk about the church, and that is one another. But uh, the Word of God is also key. But let's see a little bit about their attitude toward the Word of God. Number one, they, uh, they appreciated the Word. They appreciated the Word. Notice what it says there. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth the Word of God. They appreciated the Word of God. They did not look at the Bible as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. We don't treat the Bible like any other book. For the Bible is different in origin, in character, in content, and in cost. The Bible is the word of God. Now, what is it that makes the Bible so special? And I'm not going to say all there is to say about it, not even close, but I'm just going to hit a few things tonight. Number one, uh, we see that, the, that the, the Bible is inspired by the Spirit of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16, the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And, and, and I know there's many of you that know this well, there's some of you that may not know it at all. But what's that word inspiration picture right there? What's it mean? It means breathed out. Think about it. If, you, if you, you, you cannot speak without breathing, if you hold your hand up in front of your mouth as you speak, you will feel air. You will feel breath coming out. And the Bible says all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's, it's given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, the Bible, somebody says, well, wasn't the Bible just written by men? Well, the Bible was written by men who were moved uh, by the Holy Ghost of God. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Bible, uh, how many years uh, roughly was the Bible written over? Anybody remember? Period of a couple thousand years, I believe. Uh, and, and, and I believe there was about 40 different authors over a couple thousand years. And, and I, I was thinking about bringing that in tonight, but I had enough uh, that I thought that I wasn't going to mention this, but it's just worth mentioning that if you take any other topic, we, we talk about this a lot, uh, go back, number one, we're talking about thousands of years, go back, <laughs> back five years ago and read a book about programming uh, or other, what's some of the other words, Richard? Computer stuff, all right? Uh, go back five years ago and read that stuff. Uh, I'm telling you, you read that, and that, you're going to be behind if you try to work with what's going on today. Is that not right? Um, it happens pretty quick, right? And what they're saying today is going to be different, even in the medical field. I mean, on down the line, it, it, it just varies, man. It would be so, If you just took for the last 2,000 years everything people wrote down about medicine and put it in a book, can you imagine what it would be like? But I'm telling you what, the Bible is the Word of God. God moved on holy men 
and they wrote uh, the Word of God as God led them to. It's like I, I, had, I had the picture of, uh, uh, I can imagine, uh, Nicole, you know, maybe trying to help Anna write. And uh, just the easiest kid ever to help with. But, uh, but, 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 but maybe she takes and puts a pen, pen or pencil in her hand and says, like this. Like this, right? She puts her hand on there, and she's guiding her hand. There's a, there, there's a, uh, I think that's kind of a good illustration of how God moved uh, these men. Notice what the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. The Bible says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost of God. Um, you know, this has been repeated many, many times, I understand. But I just felt like I ought to say it again. I love the fact, number one, that, that those who are skeptical of the truth of God's Word, I welcome that. But I welcome you and invite you to be honest. And don't just be dismissive of some people. Are, oh, it was written by a man, blah, 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 moving on. Really? Uh, Maybe you should verify that rather than just being a parrot. Some people are smart. They, they think they're smart, but they're just parrots. Now, I think parrots are probably fairly smart for birds, uh, but they're just repeating what other people are saying, okay? And, uh, and repeating what other people are saying doesn't make you intelligent, okay? Uh, go back and look. But here's what happens. For those who honestly go back and look into and, and study, is the Bible the Word of God? If they honestly study that, they come out as something we like to call evangelist, uh, oftentimes. Uh, in other words, they come out and say, wow, the Word of God is definitely true, and they become believers in Christ. Um, but, but, but people have been trying to deny the Word of God for a long time, but here it still stands, and because it is the Word of God. But, but notice not only that, God's Word is holy, pure, and perfect. Psalm 19, verse 7. The Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. I love those verses. The law of the Lord, perfect, converting the soul. My favorite one, I tell you, I've got to be honest with you, is making wise the simple. I like that one uh, because uh, I've never been the sharpest crayon in the chandelier or anything uh, or the uh, sharpest knife in the crayon box, you know, or whatever. But, uh, but <laughs> one thing, uh, I've been a little facetious and dumb, but... Uh, but, but I tell you this, I, I uh, would be a lot dumber if it wasn't for the Bible. How about that? And the Word of God has, uh, has helped me uh, gain some wisdom in my life. Um, I feel funny saying that because they were like, really? Has it though? Um, but it really has. I'm telling you, the Word of God has helped me to gain wisdom. It's made, it, it will make wise the simple. And I, man, I love it, man. Um, Man, uh, the name's going to come to me in just a minute. Um, who was one of those first men? William Tyndall, thank you. Uh, William Tyndall was uh, working to get the, get the Word of God into, uh, into the, into the language of the common people, into the English language. Uh, the Catholic Church, uh, 
they didn't like that too good, they'd straight up kill you for that kind of stuff. They'd burn you, man, or, you know, and it's just a bad situation. But uh, uh, William Tyndall, he uh, worked with, for, he, he was connected with a certain very wealthy man that enjoyed inviting uh, priests and bishops and stuff over to debate with William Tyndale. And uh, William Tyndale was a brilliant man. Uh, and he, but he invited, inviting them over to, to debate uh, with the, the different Catholic uh, church leaders and so forth. And uh, one day they got in a heated conversation, and, uh, and William Tyndale finally said, uh, with the help of God Almighty, I'm paraphrasing, he said, that, man, that boy out there running that plow will know more about the Word of God than you will and what you do. Why? Because he understood that the Word of God can make wise the simple. The Word of God can take some illiterate plowboy and make him wise. No, it doesn't necessarily it's going to mean it's going to raise his IQ and all of a sudden he's going to be, you know, sitting there having figures running through his head and solving, you know, equations on chalkboards and stuff like that written somewhere. But what it does mean is that it will make wise a simple man. And you can have a, a man that lives a godly, prosperous life. But God's Word is holy, pure, and perfect. Uh, the Bible was written at great cost i mentioned already for people like william tyndale they were like the most wanted people in the country but literally if you were found in possession of a bible you you could and would be killed many died burned at the stake and so forth for trying to get man i'm telling you who was uh well i think it was john wycliffe uh one of the reformers he was one of the first uh ones to try to get the bible from the latin into english into the uh man they hated that dude so much not only did they burn him, not only did they kill him, but they got so worked up about it later, they, they dug him back up and burned his bones again. Just because they despised, what, what, what was his crime? That sorry sucker was trying to get the Bible into the language of the common people. That was his crime. Folks, I mean, there's a great, great cost. I wish you would study some about uh, and look into some of the cost of the Word of God. Uh, those, uh, those faithful Christians there in northern Italy and so forth that stood and uh, preached and, and the Spanish Inquisition and right on down the line. So, uh, the Bible was written at great cost, not only to the writers, but also to Jesus Christ, who became man, Jesus became man that we might have the Word of God given to us in the way that it was. The way a Christian treats his Bible shows how he regards Jesus Christ. He is the living Word. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. Speaking of Jesus, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And so, Jesus is the living Word, the Bible is the written Word. Think about this. The, the Bible is compared to bread. Jesus said, I am the bread in John six forty eight. The Word of God is compared to light. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the light. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave birth to Jesus through a holy woman. Uh, and He gave birth through the, to the Bible through holy men of God. Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God forever. And the Bible says in Psalm uh, 119 that the word of God the word of God is settled forever in heaven Psalm 119 89 forever O Lord thy word is settled in heaven and so it's important uh, that we understand the that God's word is different now I'll just say this just as a 
a little, I'm not giving you scripture right here at this moment, but I'll tell you that something that really made a big impression on me as a kid, uh, I don't know how you grew up or whatever, but down south, most homes, you know, 40 years ago, most homes I would dare say down south had a big family altar Bible in them. It might have been grannies or whoever it was, uh, but, but, but your family might have not done anything but like mine, I mean, just, just party and drink and drug, but by golly, we had a family altar Bible sitting out on the coffee table. What was that Bible for? Well, that Bible was for putting locks of hair in and funeral uh, obituaries and uh, all kinds of things. That's all, that, I don't know, we just stuffed it full of those kinds of things. But I'll tell you this, I'm getting somewhere. My dad was not a Christian. My dad uh, didn't go to church. My dad, I mean, didn't, didn't want nothing to do with that. But I'm telling you one thing. Go try to set something on that Bible and see if you don't get whacked in the head real good. I mean, uh, I didn't know much, but I started understanding pretty early on, well, there must be something about that book. Now, my dad didn't live it. My dad didn't preach it. I don't know what of it my dad believed, but I know one thing. There was something about that book I, I learned was special. You know, I think it's good that our kids can learn that the Bible is special. You know, we can even try to teach them to treat their Bibles uh, with respect and so forth. But again, I'm just telling you, I'm not giving you any scripture on that, but I'm just telling you that made an impression on me as a young person to where I just remember thinking there must be something about that book. And, uh, and then the older I got and began to realize there was something about that book, but that was, that was a seed that was planted in my head through the way my dad physically treated uh, the Bible. So uh, think about this. This is crazy. Would you rather have the Bible or food? The Bible or food? I think we'd probably all say, oh, I think probably food. Uh, but if you really think, I think if we really, 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 if we could somehow just peel back and really understand what God's Word has done in our lives and is doing in our lives, I think that maybe we could understand what's being said here. The Bible says this in um, Job. Job said, I have esteemed, uh, esteemed the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job 23, 12. Uh, the Bible says it's uh, bread, milk, and meat, and even honey. So um, how about this one? Would you rather have God's word or money? God's word or money? If we really, really could see and understand, we may say along with the psalmist, Psalm 119, 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. Psalm 119.72, the law of, of the law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Psalm 119.127, therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Psalm 119.162, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I, I don't want to go too far down this path, Melanie. What time is it? Okay. Um, I don't know if you love this country or not. I don't know if you love freedom or not. But if you could understand that we live in the society that we live in today, we live in a society, even before the founding of our country, the Word of God began to change things in Roman culture. In Roman culture, it, it, which, which, which again, man, these, these are the intellectual, like, 
people of this day, right? These are the, the but, uh, but hey, it was nothing to decide you didn't want your kid anymore and just leave them out for the dogs. It, nothing at all. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was nothing. You, you, the, the treatment of women, the treatment of women, I mean, just property, nothing. Uh, they, they, in, in some cases, a woman might be on the same level as livestock. Um, what, what is it that, that helped eradicate slavery in the world? I'm telling you, you go right down the line, medical advances, hospitals. It would be so interesting if we could get some idea. I've got a, I've got a couple books that could help give you an idea. But if you could strip away God's word from the influence of society today, it would be startling. It would be startling. Uh, I say that to say it's interesting in our country. I think, I think I, our founding fathers were so, so saturated in the word of God. I'm not saying they were all Christians. I'm saying a lot of them were Christians, by the way. Um, but I'm telling you this much. They were so saturated. How saturated were they, by the way? Any of them that went to college, you know what you had to do to get into college? Uh, one, of the, one of the common entrance, ex- entrance exams, I think Natalie is the youngest over on this side. You're 15, Natalie? Okay, so uh, our, at, at our founding fathers at Natalie's age would be perhaps already in an Ivy League school, if not preparing to get into an Ivy League school. And in order to get into that Ivy League school, at the age of 14 years old, you would need, you would need to be able to write out the entire uh, New Testament in Greek. And you need, you'd need to be able to interpret that back into English. Um, they were inundated with the Word of God. They were influenced by the Word of God. There's a reason why, even when the Founding Fathers weren't saying the Bible says this over here, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, Benjamin Franklin, which was the, the least Christian, if you will, of, of, of the founding fathers, he is the one who stood up and said, do we, if, a, if a bird cannot fall to the ground without the, without, our, without the heavenly father, do you think there's any way we could raise up a country without his assistance? And it was about to fall apart in the Constitutional Congress. And he said, we need to pray and ask God Almighty for his help. But, but here's the thing I'm getting at. There were sometimes that they would quote scripture, but they were so soaked and saturated in the word of God that even in their, their correspondence that weren't like official things, just writing back and forth to one another, I believe it was one in four words that they used was a reference to scripture. You ever know somebody like that? Maybe some. Maybe you can think of a grandparent or some preacher. You know that 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 they just would talk, and there's just that talk sometimes that there'd be a Bible verse come out or a phrase out of the Bible. That's how they talked. Period. Um, where did they get the ideas that they got for the founding of this country? And I'm telling you, that's one of the reasons why the founding of this country, the, the, the Declaration of Independence, the, you know, our founding documents and all that, there, there's a reason that they're under such attack today. Um, but that's a, another story that I'll come off of right there. The fact is, is they appreciated the word. The second thing is, they appropriated the word. I'll tell you more about that next time. They appropriated the word. What does that even mean? They received it. They accepted it. They brought it into their lives. They, 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 
They, they made it real in their hearts. And then, not only did they appreciate the word and appropriate the word, lastly, they applied the word of God. In other words, they put the word of God in their hearts. See, the word of God within us is a great source of power. If we appreciate the word of God, we appreciate the word of God with our hearts. We appropriate the word of God with our minds. When we learn it, when we know it, when we, say, when we claim it for ourselves. And then we apply the word of God with our will. And then, the, then the, our whole person will then be controlled by the word of God and we can know what it is to walk in victory. We won't be blown about with every wind of doctrine. Um, we will not be so easily disturbed and shaken by our circumstances and persecutions because we have a foundation in the Word of God. We have an anchor that holds to something that is greater than ourselves. May God help us. It's, it's, I believe there's a reason we struggle. We, I mean, just saying in general, I mean, how much do God's people appreciate God's word and appropriate God's word and apply God's word? What hope is there for the world to learn to know the word of God if it's not first in us? And I'm telling you, if, if you don't have an appreciation for the word of God, you don't have to try to act like you do. I mean, and if you're saved, I'm sure you've got appreciation for the Word of God, but maybe you're thinking, gosh, I kind of... You know, you take things for granted sometimes. Kind of been taking it for granted. You know what we can do tonight? Just to ask us, Lord, help us not to take your Word for granted anymore. Help me to appreciate your Word. Help me to think and contemplate for a little bit. I, I, I'll say this. This was in the notes under, under appropriating the Word of God. Um, uh, I, I, I heard about a fellow that had gone over to Great Britain, and this was a number of years ago. He said but it was a common practice in the churches in Great Britain that after church was over and they would say the final prayer, this sounds a little odd, but he said that people would not move. They would just sit there for some time. And, and, and what they were doing, what the practice was, is they would sit there and contemplate what had just been said, what had been preached, what had been taught. Because sometimes we're up and you walk up over here and next thing you know, I'm going to be talking to you about golf at the back door. And you hadn't even had time to process. Wait, what, what was that he said about, I mean, you know, the influence of the Bible on society? What was that? What was that verse about, you know, if we're not careful, we can not allow it to have the time. But ask God to help you get an appreciation for the word of God. Hey, are you in the Word of God? If not, just make a point to get back in there and say, I'm just not excited about it. Um, well, get in there and make, let, ask God to help you get excited about it. I'll tell you this right now, and I'll close with this. Don't sit around and say, well, if God, <laughs> how about this? If God leads me to, I think I'll get back into the Bible again, you know, or something. Uh, you don't need God to lead you to, okay? He's already told you to. You know you need to get back in the Bible. Um, but don't wait until you feel like reading it don't feel like don't wait i mean let's get in the word just get saturated with the word read it listen to it I, i've told you this before i i, I love the one of the fellows that helped disciple me he he loved the word of god so much that uh this was back in the alexander scorby days but it just made such an impression on me uh 
he would uh, he, he hung sheetrock for a living dude would he'd have a walkman on and except when rush was on he would listen to the bible nonstop. turn it off for rush put the bible back on and listen to it for the rest of the day getting his van on the way home man and he kind of had this old van this old like kind of conversion van like almost like a hippie looking van with a sound system in it and you'd hear him coming down the road if he'd pull up you could just hear alexander scorby's uh voice he was just booming to the scripture all the time this guy um but i'm telling you that dude knew his word that dude was a joyful dude i'll tell you that too he was a guy that walked in victory loved the lord loved people God used him greatly. So, uh, amen. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for coming tonight. And, and again, be sure, and I know many of you have gotten by and spoken to, to Billy and to Emily and, of course, uh, uh, offer condolences. Uh, but, uh, you know, but I, I, think, I think there's a, a, a memorial aspect of us even being able to sit around and fellowship, uh, you know, based on the food that was left, that was left over from the funeral if you didn't get that part. Uh, but so there's just a memorial aspect of, of that tonight so i'm thankful for that uh please take that food because we're i'm the preacher so we're not gonna let emily take it but that means if y'all don't take it we're gonna have to take it all right uh so think of somebody else you say i don't want all that get some and take it to somebody else for goodness sakes uh or whatever all right uh let's pray father thank you for your word help us to appreciate it help us to appropriate it help us to apply it to our lives lord in Jesus' name I pray, amen.